Hello and welcome back to No vs. World. The good, the bad and the nerd. I'm Brendan. I am today the uh, Tesco value version of Spindles in that I'm a little horse. Oh. <laughs> I'm 80. <laughs> and that is a fantastic way to start the show with some good Tesco-based pottage. Did you, did, did you see the even better news about that today, that apparently one of their Tesco value things was 60% horse meat? Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's getting even better. It's like, it started off as traces of horse DNA. Now it's like, it's more than half horse. <laughs> well, fin- Findus is like 60 to 100% on their lasagnas. How can you get horse instead of fish? Lasagna. Oh, sorry. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? You just don't need to make any fish products, or is that, that bird's eye? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all that horse, it's affecting your brain. It is, it is. Okay, so, what have we spotted in the news this week? Oh, you go, I'll, uh, me to go, yeah? Oh, well, we can just jump straight, straight in. Let's go, let's, no, no fucking around here, no let's just go. Around. All right, straight okay, to the well, point. I'm going to run the risk of AD inhaling his beard again, because I'm Stop. afraid my, my squee of the week is a Doctor Who based okay, one Okay, here we go. Well, it's the two <laughs> of us. AD, just sit in the corner and eat your face. Uh, but it's, uh, I think we've spoken about it before, which is the, uh, the, the series of novels that are being produced over the course of this year. There's 11 novels being written by different children's authors. Last month was the guy who wrote the Artemis Fowl series. Okay. Uh, and then they've just announced that this month it's a, it's a guy called Michael Scott, who I hadn't heard of any of his stuff before, but apparently he's written a kind of young adult series called The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. Uh, wrote a series of those. But uh, <coughs> what the, the, the Doctor Who that he's writing is the second Doctor and Jamie. But what, what got me about it, first of all, was the, the title is The Nameless City. What immediately springs to mind with the nameless city? Anything? No? Okay. Well, it's one of the things that I've been waiting for for f- fucking years with Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, if I read out, I've got an extract, so I'm going to read out an extract of it. Okay. For those listening, you can only imagine the excited <laughs> look on Swindle's face right now. I've never seen him Just like wait, this. Man. I'm only going to do like ten lines of it, but... It, yeah. Okay, so extract from the nameless city. It's, it's out in a couple of weeks' time. Uh... Resting the book on his knees, the doctor opened it to the title page, the thick parchment crackling as it turned. I don't quite recognise the language, he murmured, index finger tracing the individual letters. This looks like Sumerian, but this here is certainly one of the Vedic scripts, while this is Rongo Rongo from Easter Island. No, no, I'm wrong, this is older, much, much older. Where did you say you got it? But before his companion could reply, the doctor's index finger, which had been following the words in the centre of the title page, stopped, and he automatically read it aloud. The Necronomicon. <laughs> it would appear we have a Doctor Who Cthulhu crossover novel. Awesome. How cool is that? That's cool. That's okay. something I've been waiting for Already for years. Suddenly throw in Bruce Campbell. They might be going Doctor Who Evil Dead, yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> I, I, I just think this is going to be amazing because I mean, one of my favourite uh, kind of classic Who stories was uh, The Demons, which was a, a brilliant story. But... To cross it over with Cthulhu, that's just going to be absolutely stunning. I, I, I just read it today and I was just... Brain just went. That that explains the so, excitement <laughs> look I, on your face. Because uh, Cthulhu, it, it, it is my favourite ever tabletop RPG game. It's and a great I, game. I, I, I've 
made a point of tracking down any kind of film versions of anything Cthulhu based. And if you remember, there was uh, there was one in kind of uh, mid I think it was mid nineties called Necronomicon, which was like four short stories. I missed that. All tied together with basically it was H.P. Lovecraft sat in the bottom of uh, a library reading the Necronomicon and writing his stories, and there were like four short stories there, and then it ended up with him being gribbled by Cthulhu beasties. Yeah. So was, yeah, I, I'm a very very big Cthulhu fan, and just the, the the concept of crossing it over with Doctor Who gets me wet. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. That sounds pretty interesting. Only thing I noticed this week was the announcement of two spin-off Star Wars movies, rumoured to be Han Solo and Boba Fett. Yeah, kind of Han Solo, Boba Fett. I don't know if they're necessarily origin movies, but they're, they're, they're kind of scheduled to take place between episodes three and four. Yeah. Uh, and from, from what I can gather online, they've got Lawrence Kasdan down as a, as a scriptwriter for uh, at least one of them. Who obviously wrote Empire, which yeah. is obviously still the best of the series. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but the internet just went mad for it. Mm, so right. many people putting forward suggestions for films they want to see. I think SFX had a call out there for an Admiral Akbar movie. <laughs> it's a trap! Yeah. <laughs> sort of working out how he got his epic trap finding skills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I, I, I'd pitch a Salacious Crumb movie. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> or a Perkins. Um, Lando Calrissian. Now that's a guy who needs a film. Yeah, a Lando that, movie would be awesome. So yeah, that, that would kind of tail into the Han Solo. You've got the um, Chewbacca story run there, as and, well, and the uh, and getting the Millennium standard. Falcon, which yes. obviously yeah. was Lando's beforehand. Indeed. So that would that would work in terms of the Han Solo origin movie. Yeah. So I'd, then you've I'd, got I'd, those in, into it. Yeah, I'd prefer to see Lando guest starring in a Han movie rather mm. than Han guest starring in a Lando movie. Yeah, I, I was more thinking yeah. that way yeah. but if I'm completely honest I'd rather not see movies at all I'd rather see them be done as TV series I would love to see a Han Solo TV show yeah or a Boba Fett TV show that would be awesome as well but it's like we were saying on the last show don't flood the the Star Wars universe in the big screen just yeah, yeah, develop yeah, develop, yeah. develop the three films and then use the TV to augment the, the universe absolutely but Boba Fett TV show, mm-hmm. I'd watch that. I think they'd run it along the lines of a uh, her Clone Wars style um, on the Boba Fett side of things. If you want a TV movie, they're going to they'll they'll well, sorry TV series. They'd do it as a as a cartoon um, rather than blending it too much in with the movies. So to keep it separate, go the cartoon way. No, no, I think they could. I think they could do it live action. I don't think it has to be done as a cartoon. Yeah, I, I'd kind of like to see a kind of Boba yeah. Fett remake of Shaft. <laughs> 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 I think that's got mileage. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy with the Mandalorian armor? Fett! They <laughs> <laughs> want a winner. <laughs> if I can, I'll write it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, I'm all for new stuff coming into it. So, a couple more movies, a couple more TV shows. That would yeah, be cool. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think the main thing is just to get stuff into production. Yeah. And, and capitalize on it now because, as you say, the internet is going mental for it at the moment. But, yeah. you know, how fickle the internet is, tomorrow there'll be something else unless they actually kind of jump on it and get something done now. Yeah. The buzz will disappear <clears throat> and there will be something else that's the next big thing. Right. 
What have you spotted this week, AD? Um, I do know that it's been out um, on sale in the UK probably since June, July uh, last year. Um, it is a fantastic bit of kit called the Makey Makey. Um, it is for sale currently in Maplin uh, for about 40, 50 quid. Uh, I think you may be able to get it cheaper directly from them, but you're going to have to pay for it to come over from America. So get yourselves to Maplin on that one. This is a fantastic little bit of kit. Crocodile clips, circuit board, bananas. <laughs> you can make yourself a keyboard. Bananas not included. Oh, yes. <laughs> Provide your own bananas. Yeah, th- there are two, two packs. One's got uh, extra uh, crocodile clips. The other one's got uh, brass uh, wire in it, which is uh, kind of cool for making your piano out of your stairs. In essence, yeah. what, what I... What I gather from it is it's a kind of invention kit that's been put together by these two uh, MIT yeah. PhD guys, uh, and it's to take it's to turn anything into an input device. So what it is is the actual the, the circuit board is uh, has contacts on it for uh, like spacebar, enter, the cursor keys on the computer, and then left key of, for a mouse as well. Uh, yeah, and yeah. The, uh, the click buttons on a mouse, and the kind of full QWERTY stack as well, so those three. <clears throat> and what you do is you get the crocodile clips, and you um, clip those onto various parts of the control board. Then there's uh, uh, a contact that you hold all of the time, and then as soon as you touch one of the other things that the crocodile clip goes into, then it completes the circuit and right. fires yeah. off that thing. Yeah. So you can essentially, as I said, you can get a bunch of bananas, put like four crocodile clips in them, and then wire them up to the cursor keys, and yeah. then you know control your Nintendo Wii or whatever using a, a load of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really good video. Of there it, is of it in action online, so we'll put the video into the description of the blog, yeah. so you can check it out. And water bucket dance dance nation. The, the water <laughs> dance <laughs> nation <laughs> is awesome. Yeah, there's tons of really good. Like, I, I, yeah, but how how much of like how many times do they have to take that without him like slipping over and making more but the potential of it is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, right? A personal, personal favourite of mine out of the video is the the piano on the stairs. Yes. So yeah. it's hooking up the steps to the piano keys and the uh, Play-Doh Nintendo <laughs> the controller, controller. Yeah, which my, I thought was absolutely genius. That was genius. my favourite. We'll, we'll put the video in the description so you can check it out. And I think, I think we're probably going to buy one and just film us playing around we're with it. We're going to have to. Just yeah, get one and to. just film us dicking around with yeah. it. <laughs> For sure, but yeah. So there was that, and then there was uh, all the uh, the BAFTA Games nominations just came out as well. I missed those. Um, mm. It looks like um, there's a game called Journey, which I hadn't heard of before. Journey, I've, Journey was the first computer game to have its entire soundtrack nominated for a Grammy. Wow! Wow! Um, that was huge news because that that's up for like eight awards. Yeah, it's a massive, massive game, um, and it's beautiful. The other big. The uh, game that's had a load of nominations was, of course, Walking Dead. Is up for yeah. like seven BAFTA nominations. That's episodic content done well. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it was very, very good up until a point, and I got really fucking irked with it at the end. 
because uh, should we put a spoiler alert up here? No, 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 no. I'm not going to give away anything that happens in the game. But what happened was uh, it, it, it builds itself as a game that adapts to your choices and changes the outcome based on things that you choose in previous episodes because it's split to five episodes and your choices carry over. Now, I went through it and played two very, very different games. So I, I got up to the point where at the end of episode four, I had two completely different sets of circumstance that I was in and then I, when I got episode 5 I went in played it through and then it got to points in the game and characters were turning around and going ah, I fucking hate you because you did this I'm like no I didn't and then they're going oh well you did this I'm like no no completely didn't so it, it had lost all of my choices so it got to, and it was just making random shit up and I was just like well no I let him die <laughs> and it, it was yeah so I got really, really irked with the end of that sure. game. The game itself was phenomenal. It was really, really well done in that it wasn't necessarily about going around and killing as many zombies as you could. It was that split-second decision yeah. uh, of, you know, who do you save, that person or that person, and, and how quickly can you react to this situation. And I think that's what gave it its urgency and gave it the depth that it had, but I, I think it was just a technical problem. But it was such a big one that it really irked me. That's a shame. Um, but the, I mean, the good news is it's not put me off. No. And there's talk of the the second season of that coming out now, and they're talking about integrating it a bit more with the show, uh, and having potentially characters from the game turn up in the show and vice versa. Okay, so interesting means moving further and further away from the source material of the graphic novels, though. It does, but then again, the, the show is inevitably going to do that because yeah. it's all it's at the point now where it's almost caught up with the comics. So where do you go? Yeah. And then, <laughs> it's going to have to diverge. And they've just lost their showrunner as well. Again, of course, well, they haven't lost him. <laughs> they got rid of him and got someone else. Yeah, but they keep doing that. Well, yeah, it's, it's the second time it's happened now. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's been some fairly outspoken reactions on it. I think uh, Kurt Sutter was uh, a very big uh, proponent, saying, uh, but, uh, was, it, was it Robert Kirkman? He was the initial guy. Was he yeah. the initial one? Yeah, I, the, I think Glenn Mazzaro was the second Glenn guy. Glenn Mazzaro, that's it. Because, uh, yeah, Kurt Sutter was like, Glenn Mazzaro's made it the show it is now, and you know, how the hell are you going to get away with doing it after you keep sacking your talent? I know, it's insane. But they've done it. They've done it, and it remains to be seen how well it's going to go. Yeah, well, I, well, the pie, I saw the the premiere of the second half of season three. Yeah. I thought it was a passable episode. It's only watchable. I, I've not seen it yet. So. Okay, so we won't go any further than that. Then. So don't, no, don't put any spoilers out there. Well, I, uh, to be fair, I think there'll be a lot of people listening that won't have seen any of season three yet, because I don't think it's been on UK TV yet, has it? Yeah. Has it? It's been on, I'm sure it's been on Is UK it on TV. Fox? I think it's I think it shows on Fox in the UK, but I'm not sure how far behind it is. I'm not sure either, actually. I don't tend to watch anything on actual TV. It's all, <laughs> oh, it's all streamed, yeah. it's all many, streamed many, online. Many, uh, <laughs> yeah. In that way now. Well, um, yeah. Okay, so no season three talk of Walking Dead then. No. Well, no, no, no. I mean, but uh, yeah. So that. Suffice to say that they're going to have to diverge if they want to carry on the show because they've run out of source material. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the same thing that I foresee happening with Game of Thrones and that is going to be a tough one when they get to it. Well, season three starts at the end of March. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
apparently this season three is going to be it's not going to necessarily be book three it will be a portion of book three yes mm. but that has got a fourth season picked up yeah. for as well yeah. so I'm sure they could pad that out they can pad it out a bit more, yeah. but I mean, in all fairness, I mean, he, he takes his own time to write books. Yeah, you know, he, he's quite happily said, you know, well, it's my book. You can wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice. So, but the, the problem with that is that if it gets to a certain point in the TV show, it can't just wait because it will either get cancelled or they're going to have to diverge and mm-hmm. just make it up, <laughs> and that's going to become a problem. Yeah. Well. Yes. If they start making stuff up for the sake of TV, it'll become a huge problem. Yeah. Or they could just put it on hold. You know? How do you put something like that on hold, though? TV TV producers are not that. It's all about the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not that lenient. <clears throat> I think they have to respect his work. Oh, yeah, well, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll up the pay. They'll go, look, well, we'll pay you, you know, the earlier you get it, the more money we'll give you for the rights for the book. Yeah. How many books from the series? As at the moment, is it five? Yeah, I think it's five. It's five. So okay, so. Well, they can pad that out to sort think of six. Season three and four. Season three seasons. and four at least will be book three. Yeah. And I imagine they'll do two seasons of book four, two yeah. book five. So that's, that's said that, that gives them, Yes. Yeah, I guess like seven years or so to to write the next book. <laughs> well, know. unless they're doing uh, you know two seasons a year, rather than one a well, year. Well, no, they only do one seasons. a year. Um, but I mean, again, he's taken on other projects as well. He's been hired to do another HBO series. Don't know what of yet, but they've they've, they've commissioned him to do something. Oh, excellent. I do like HBO. Yeah, mm. oh, some good, yeah. yeah. great program on HBO. There's, there is not many bad shows I've seen on HBO. Um, in fact, isn't American Gods going to be coming to HBO? Yeah. That I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't? Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Go, going away from the HBO thing on NBC, apparently they've um, either commissioned or they, they've started filming. I, I, I can't remember the whole ins and outs of it, but a, a TV show of Dracula. Ah, uh, yeah, I read a little bit about that today. Starring um, uh, the dude from Tudors. Yeah. He's a British actor. Yeah. Which is because I think that they just that they added someone from Neighbours to the cast of it. I think today was it was, it was it that show? I think it was Dracula. Did some girl from that's currently in Neighbours? Because yes, Neighbours is still going, folks. <laughs> I haven't watched that show for years. Nope. Yeah. I don't think anyone well, has. They, they, they did say today that they just signed up the Van Helsing. So yeah, I doubt very no, much that'll be a change. No, no, no. It was a, it was a girl. It, it might not be that. It might be something else. I can't remember. Was, the, the, there's a lot of on on, but that, that on seems... digital spy of so and so for this and so and so for that. That it just all kind of gets yeah. a bit muddled. I'd kind of give it that it's due with that one because they want to aim at it before he became a vampire kind of thing. Yeah. It's the lead up to him turning into the vampire. So and it's going to be an interesting one, but. It could be absolute shite <laughs> at the same time. It could. It I'm could kind be of another ha- secret circle. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm kind of getting to that point where I don't care about a vampire TV show anymore. Yeah, that, that's what they're trying. <laughs> really? Well, you'd be really happy that the vampire diaries has been renewed for yeah. another series. It has, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's all> right. <laughs> <laughs> and they they can see it going on for at least nine seasons. But there's a spin-off series planned as well, isn't there? Yeah. There's a spin-off of Vampire Diaries planned. Well, that's what Secret Circle was, and that failed, because that's by the same author. Because they're, they're all based on the series of books, and the, the there's 
One about vampires, one about witches, and I think the other werewolves. one about werewolves. It is, yeah, the werewolves one's already and the, being they're made all part there, of a, a, yes. a, a big kind of universe, and so they made Secret Circle. That's failed. Vampire Diaries is working, so possibly they'll try the the werewolf one, or they'll spin something. It's off. It's a spin off from one of the characters in the Vampire Diaries. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but whenever I hear vampires and werewolves, I always cheer werewolf purely because that was the first World of Darkness game I played was werewolf. <laughs> yeah. So See, I, yeah. I, I was masquerade all the way. Yeah, so no, I was, yeah. werewolf apocalypse. <laughs> Away, the crew would fucking own your vampire ass. Get a Fenris, sir. <laughs> Bring on the get. Bloody I was berserking spirit sword of Wotan. <laughs> oh, I played Glasswalker. Oh, um, uh, I, I played the Glasswalker oddly. Glasswalker was the first kind I played. They were awesome. I had a friend who ran some really fucking good werewolf games. Mm-hmm. Really intense. I think that was the first, my first exposure to. Uh, Roleplay game that wasn't fantasy based. Mm. I've done Wolfrip and I've done D and D. I've done various different editions of D and D as well. But Werewolf the Apocalypse, my first modern day non fantasy setting roleplay game. Yeah, fair play. Did you ever play Mage? No. Ah, there's tons of ether in Mage. Gadget ears, great, very, nah, very cool game. Werewolf. Gadget, I played. Go, go gadget ears. I, played, I, did, I did play Vampire. <laughs> I played. I played the Masquerade as well, and we played Hunter. Hunter yeah, the Reckoning. Yeah. yeah. Um, so go on, Vampire, what clan? Uh, I played Bria. Bria, fair enough. Yeah. Cavian all the way. First time round was a Bria. <laughs> Second time round was a Gangrel. And I had a live action uh, vampire character based on my Bria character yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, live action based on my Malkavian. Yeah. Which was great fun. I got as far as starting to write my sheet. <laughs> <laughs> No, the, the the people that I was going to be involved with it, it was kind of not so much falling out, but uh, parted ways, as it were. Uh, so. Well, I've still got. I think it's second edition my in, uh, masquerade. I'm not a big fan of the is it Vampire the Requiem, which has been the reboot. No, of, no, 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 yeah. no, no. I didn't like I'm the reboots of, that of, of any of them. No. So I, I will only play the original, Made the Ascension, Werewolf the Apocalypse, okay. Vampire yeah. the Masquerade. I won't go into the kind of later ones. No, I'm the same. Requiem was aimed at sort of the more kiddies. Well, you can't blame them. They're trying to capture a new market of of role players. I think that's 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 fine. Yeah, a good thing. But But it didn't it it didn't capture the essence of Masquerade, and it didn't it didn't quite fulfil what everybody hoped it would. No, and they just left it for the kids, and it bombed. From what I gather, I think I don't know whether it bombed necessarily. I think I think they had enough money to just throw as much money as they could at it to keep it going. Mm. Very sure it's got expansions. But if we're talking roleplay, and I'm liking the fact that we <laughs> have... <laughs> yeah. um, I'm looking forward to D&D next. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm on the base, I'm on the playtest for, for that. And I'm, en- mm. I'm enjoying the way that's going at the moment. Um, I wasn't a fan of 4th Ed. No. I'll be honest. Uh, and going to say it, but 3.5 Ed... I think that's one of the most complete D&D systems yeah. of recent times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did love that game. In fact, I'm still playing a 3.5 ed game every Sunday. Oh, fair which I really enjoy. I, I, I must admit, it's a long time since I've played any D&D of any 
description, but yeah. uh, as I, I think we we have plans. Years for me, I think. <laughs> we have, we have plans to play some original Red Book. Yes. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. uh, AD got me some pads the other day with character <laughs> sheets and graph paper and stuff. So we're loaded up with graph paper and character sheets, and uh, we're off dungeon crawling. So awesome. <clears throat> Been a been a while. Got your full bag of dice. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I do indeed. I have a big purple dice bag in the living room that hasn't seen any action in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been sat pining for me. Oh, <laughs> Make for an interesting tattoo. What dice? Yeah, I've seen some some, some D twenty tattoos. Yeah, not on somebody's nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> You knew he'd take it there, didn't you? I did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even know why I'm surprised anymore. (coughs) Anyhow, are we going to, excuse me, are we going to have a voice breaking moment? Um, We're going to leave it there for the musical interlude and then come back and talk TV. Very last minute trying to get hold of a track today, but uh, at the suggestion of uh, of one of our friends. So uh, I think we're going to put that on to a bit of kind of European epic rock. so, well, uh, yeah, give that a go. I quite three, like it. Three words which always work well together. European, epic and rock. Absolutely. Okay. Well, very cool. So enjoy. See you on the other side.
welcome back to the show. I hope you enjoyed a little bit of music there. Uh, again, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, stick a link to that, that the YouTube video for that track on, on uh, the podcast notes. And yeah, so look out for the new album coming out soon. Excellent. Indeed. Right, something we've alluded to for some time now in a few episodes has been the death of genre television. Yeah, I think it was kind of brought about by, by Fringe ending and a couple of other shows ending. I think it just got us thinking about kind of, you know, what is the future of, of genre yeah. and sci-fi on TV. So I think this week saw the announcement that Being Human was going to finish after season five. Absolutely, yeah. This is going to be the last season of Being Human. Uh, I, mean, I, I must admit I haven't watched no. any of this current season and I didn't watch all of the last season. No. Uh, I, I basically stopped at the point where George... Left, so pretty much, yeah. Well, me too. I, and I've seen like one or two episodes of this season. And I've gone. I don't quite get where this is going, and what what what's the no? It it didn't make a lot of continuity sense, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, like, the first couple of seasons are absolutely yes. fantastic, yeah. and I loved it as a show. And I think you know it, it's it's testament to uh, <clears throat> how shows start now, because I remember when it was first when it first came out. Uh, BBC Three produced three pilots and they screened them and I think they screened them on iPlayer and looked at the response for people and made one of them into a show based on the audience response. Uh, and I think when they, they made the pilot of Being Human and I think they kept uh, the guy who played George but they changed the other two characters from the pilot so there was a different girl playing the ghost and a different guy playing Vincent mm-hmm. in the pilot to when they actually released the series because I remember watching all, all three of the episodes and going being human that was that was really cool um, <clears throat> but weirdly it was always billed as being a comedy that's interesting and I think that uh, for me that was the complete wrong billing it, it, it had its comedic moments but I think it, it was one of the the best tightest scariest sci-fi shows that the BBC have ever produced. It's because it was originally supposed to be a comedy, but yeah, from from those feedback things, they went, actually, this works well, it not being a comedy. Yeah, it was billed as a sitcom of, yes. oh, what would it be like having a ghost and a werewolf and a vampire in a house living together? Wouldn't that be a laugh? Wasn't there uh, something like that from when we were kids, dude? Yeah, there was. A rent-a-ghost. Yes, there was. That's essentially what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do Rent-A-Ghost for adults because they're the ones that's going to remember it. <laughs> but I, I think it was brilliant. I mean, they, they, they came up, they had some cracking characters. Like the guy who played Herrick was amazing because uh, he, he he just looked like a kind of Weasley accountant guy, but he was literally the most powerful person in the yeah. show. And I think it was things like that that made it stand out. It had a very, very British quality to it. I think anything <clears throat> where, where character is key makes mm. for a good show anyway character and a fucking good plot to be fair have you seen the uh, the recent announcement from the BBC that they're embracing the, the Danny Boyle philosophy uh, they've started coining Danny Boyle's work as a, as a, as a phrase now as a, a, a methodology of producing TV okay. which is apparently about uh, glorifying in the Britishness of everything and the, you, you, basically it's it's the Britishness of the shows that makes it successful overseas. I missed that. No, it was an announcement. It was, it was today. So what, they're going to see Mary Poppins into everything now? God knows. But, <laughs> uh, we know how English that was. Apparently, t- Danny Boyle, it is now a verb. Right. 
Well done, Danny Boyle. You've made it. <laughs> it, it yeah, uh, I can only guess it's from the, the his old Oscars thing that was not Oscars, sorry, Olympics, Olympics thing, yeah. uh, which was yeah, apparently a celebration of of Britishness. That uh, apparently the BBC have now taken this on board as, as a way of making shows, but they're going about it in very, very much the wrong way by cancelling shows like <laughs> yeah. Being Human. Uh, um, they they, they cancelled The Hour today as well, I'm sure. Uh, and The Fades got cancelled yeah. last year, and that was a cracking show. That was show. brilliant. Yeah, it didn't, um, really dark. Didn't Dirk Gently get cancelled? Dirk Gently got cancelled yeah. as well after three, three episodes. episodes. <laughs> which I was gutted about. Why? It just didn't. It was a fantastic was. show. Yeah, well, Fades was brilliant. Yeah, Fades that, was. That was only one one series. I mean, the thing I, now, right? Dirk Gently had the BBC pedigree because it was Douglas Adams, and Douglas Adams was showrunner for Doctor Who and wrote uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. He's like one of the darlings of British sci-fi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the casting wasn't that terrible. Either. I thought the casting yeah, was amazing. It, it, Stephen Mangan was yeah. fantastic in it. So what was the... You know, they never do give the rationale, they just go fucking cancel. Yeah, I, I don't believe there was any reason given. But I think, I, again, they've just done a poll uh, online because they're celebrating 10 years of BBC Three now. Uh, 10 years of BBC Three? 10 years of BBC wow. Three now. That's flown uh, by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, they put out a thing saying, you know, which, in your opinion, is the best show that uh, BBC Three has produced. And Being Human wasn't in the list. Doctor Who Confidential was, and... Um, we cancelled that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that got cancelled as well, yeah. Uh, and Russell Howard's Good News and stuff like that. Well, I, I like Russell no, Howard's I, Good I quite, News. No, I quite like I it, think he's great. Uh, <coughs> it's just the really shit comedians at the end that I don't really get on well, with. Don't watch it on a Saturday. Watch Indeed. it on a Friday when there isn't a stand-up comedian at the end. Or watch it on iPlayer and choose which episode you want to watch. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I, I I think iPlayer is one of the best things to have happened to uh, to British TV in a very very long time. Absolutely, because it gives the BBC feedback on what people are watching. Yeah. Yes, because it it completely replaces any of the outdated rating systems that were around that required yeah. people to submit votes and then use a mathematical formula to work out how many people are watching anything at a given time. This gives them actual statistics of what people it are watching. Be. And and of how you know what sort of um, per- person watches it as well to a degree because of the I'm, I'm not sure how much demographics they no. can get from it. It, it. That'll kind of depend on on whether you have a BBC account and what details you put um, on there. But they, they they do know of the type of from downloading it as to what people are watching it on as to what sort of demographic would fit those those kind of yeah. things whether it be Mac or, or a, a Linux based thing or, or Windows based uh, well they, they did actually release this week um, I have it here I was going to talk about this in the first part of the show and it completely slipped my mind but um, there was a report on Newsbeat about why online companies are moving into TV sort of looking at Netflix and Love mm. Film and they talked about the iPlayer in that. Um, and said, back in 2008, 25% of people coming to the iPlayer were just browsing. So that's now risen to 42%. And it's people coming to the iPlayer to actually find programs, not just catch up on shows they've missed, yeah, find but actually shows. find yes. shows. Yeah. It, I, I think it's brilliant. It, yeah. it, it is quite literally the best thing that's happened to British TV ever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's an unsubstantiated statement. I no, think, I think know, it's great. There's a wealth of evidence there to prove it. I mean, it had its teething problems when it was released in that, to begin with, it didn't work on Linux. No. And, yeah, 
there were, there were problems with obstinate bastards like me who refused to use Windows. So, uh, yeah. yes, there were issues, but uh, I think it's it's gone on to become an amazing service. And th- they responded to it, you know, basically. Absolutely. Linux users went, well, we pay a license fee too. Why are you using Microsoft proprietary technology? And BBC went, fair enough, fair all right, enough. we'll sort it out then. Yeah. But they, they, they did, did that quite soon, though. Yeah, they, they did um, it really quick. It was within like three months they re-released it. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely fair play to them. That's the right way yeah. of dealing with it, not the Sky way, which yeah. Sky have gone, uh, well, Fuck no, you, it's using Silverlight, so therefore you can't use it on your rooted Android devices. You can't use it on most Android devices yeah. anyway because uh, uh, they keep sending me stuff going, ah, you have Sky Go on all your devices. I don't. <laughs> it actually doesn't work on any, any of, of my devices. Yeah. Uh, and now they've stopped me being able to use it on my laptop, which is the one device it did work on. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, yay, Sky, well done. <laughs> that, that's me looking for another You've provider. Your market, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing is... Uh, and I think this is this is part of the kind of the broader issue now that it ties in with everything that we're talking about, which is now a lot of how TV shows are, are uh, commissioned and produced and how they are put out into the world now, because it's not about uh, channels making a show and it goes out on their channel. It's now very much moving to a place where you get the Netflix original series, yeah. the House of Cards. Exactly. Um, Rested Development. Rested Development, yeah. Mm. So you're very much getting into a situation now where people are producing and distributing their own content. Uh, and you basically, if you want to watch it, you go to them to watch that bit of content, which I think is absolutely fucking brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it... it, it it puts the decision very much back into the hands of the people who are capable of making it and they have a core audience mm. that will support what they do. It puts back to the audience as well because they will choose by, by, by their watching of it and by doing that it's going to stop all this stupidity of all these TV shows going, well TV channels going well you will watch this to, to get to this point you're going to have to watch all this crap. Mm. Whereas it People or the public will be voting and vote. I, the, the more and more of uh, friends that I know are just turning around to TV licensing and going, "Well, no, fuck you! I'll just watch what I want." Yeah. And you know, it's more, it's happening more and more. Um, and the TV licensing guys are actually picking up on it as well because I've I've been in that situation where we've gone, "Well, dude, come in if you can find the channels because I don't even know how to do it. We, we've got it straight through to." to the internet and he goes yeah you guys have got so many CDs you don't need a TV license <laughs> I'll, I'll see you next year so you know, they're actually clued into it as well the, the guys coming out so I think the British government with that needs to have a bit of a wake up yeah. call as to what's going on and to I, don't know, I think in, in general it's, it, it's becoming a very interesting time because much as a load of stuff is being cancelled on, on the kind of major TV networks, which is a pain in the arse for all of us who invest in a show and then want to watch it. I mean, I, I will fully admit that I don't consume TV in the way that the TV companies want me to consume TV and I think that's part of the problem because uh, I don't want to have to wait however long it is for that programme to become available on UK TV or on UK pay-per-view or whatever way I can view something legally in this country. I will just download the episode the morning after it airs in the States and watch it, which if there was uh, an an official legal way of me doing that, then I would watch it with all the advertising. That would be absolutely fine. The problem is that it 
just doesn't work in the way that I want it to work. And that's going to be something that is going to happen soon enough. There will be uh, a proper alternative for the way I want to consume TV. Um, but now a lot of the, the TV companies are very much um, picking up on shows that people want to see. So they're like Dave making more Red Dwarf. and uh, Which, incidentally, can we just say, was a wonderful return. It was an excellent Red series. Red Dwarf X was yeah. amazing. It was, it was a lot better than the, the, the little miniseries yeah. one, which was essentially an hour and a half homage to Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was. That was all it was, uh, with a bit of Coronation Street thrown in there. Yeah. God only knows what reason. Um, probably to make it seem meta. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that they've made that. They've made a new series of Yes, Prime Minister. So that there is an audience out for all these programs. So all the programs that have gone away for a certain period of time are now getting a second stab at it on, on a channel that is specifically geared at a certain type of person. Because, yeah. I mean, Dave is a channel that's made just for me. You know, I will sit <laughs> and I will watch repeats of QI all day because yeah. it's brilliant. And I will watch Red Dwarf all I day. Say, I didn't really think Top Gear was your kind of catfish. Well, Top Gear, I, I, to be honest, I didn't used to watch Top Gear until I've watched John someone Dave. Yeah. And I've watched it on Dave, and it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. I did enjoy Top Gear. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's converted me to a show that I'd never watched before because I thought it's that show about cars with Clarkson. Uh, <laughs> but it's actually really quite amusing. I like some of the they challenges. Just rename they rename it as Cars with Clarkson. Cars with Clarkson. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there is now, there now exists the possibility for any show that's disappeared at any point in the last 20 years to come back on TV. So everyone who campaigns for more Firefly, it's there as an option. And I think it's just down to the logistics of actually making it work, not necessarily having to pitch it to a network who's going to support it and produce it and so forth. Joss Whedon could snap his fingers and have a new series of Firefly tomorrow. Yeah. And I wish he would. I I really wish he would as well. But I think he's got so much other stuff on that I don't know whether that's going to happen. He's done the Firefly comics. He's done the Serenity movie. Uh, Now he's on to a whole new phase in his life, which, yes, I'm sure Firefly has a very, very warm place in his heart and for everybody involved in it and everybody who loved the show. But I just don't know if it's logistically going to happen at the moment. I'd love it to. But I think the, the option is there for it to happen if people want it to. Yeah. Or I think by the time that decision is made, it would be too late anyway for the like, sort of cast and stuff. They'd have to go down a different route. They wouldn't be able to stick with the uh, original casting and crew, especially because they killed you know, half of them off. Don't, uh, Brendel, start crying in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, if he can bring Asian Coulson back for S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, he can fucking well bring Wash back for season two of Firefly. And but- yes, that's been on, that's been on the fucking... Vlogs and um, vlogs and websites all over the fucking place. Yeah, and, and, and book as well, obviously. Yes, you know, bring and book, book was it. a story that needed to be told. Yeah. And, yes, and it never got told. Uh, well, it did get told. It got told in the Shepherd's Tale, the graphic novel. Yes, um, but I, whilst I like the graphic novel spin-offs, I don't think that told his story particularly well. They're no substitute for a TV series. Absolutely, they're great. I mean, uh, like the Buffy season eight stuff. Yeah, comics are they're, they're pretty cool as well. They are. Um, <laughs> I quite, I quite but then. Not what it would have been if it was a TV yeah. show. No, I, I kind of prefer the comic book version of it rather than. Is it that because Buffy TV turns show. out to be a lesbian? No, 
<laughs> no, said, it's not. No. He, he said no and nodded at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Take your pick, audience. <laughs> Which do you think? Um, but there's but always rumours of Firefly getting picked up again. Of course I think there, yeah. literally half an hour after we finished recording the last episode, someone had posted a link onto my wall on Facebook saying, have you seen this? I was just like, I want it to happen so badly. You know, a link saying Joss Whedon would do Firefly again if he could. And I actually think he would. Yeah. And the cast would too. But maybe it's time to just take what we've got and love that and then look at what else he's going to do. let it lie. <laughs> do you think I'm being too optimistic about the future of TV? Do you think a lot of the power is still in the hands of the big channels? Um, well, we've only got the four big channels, haven't we? ABC, NBC, HBO, HBO. and CW, arguably. CW, well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're still producing good shows. As I say. They're, they've just renewed Supernatural again. And... Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm <clears throat> glad of that. Yeah. Uh, they so at least the... that's one that hasn't fallen, by the way. That, that's yeah. going to be an they interesting... Dropped the ball with, uh... They dropped the ball with Amazon by letting that go, <laughs> I think. And I saw someone ask a question on Twitter. Um... Why is it there's been no live-action Batman series since the 60s? I think that's a great question. And I yeah. think the CW should look at a, a young Bruce Wayne that TV series. That would be the place series. to put it. They would be the place to put mm. it. If you look at their pedigree with handling DC franchises. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's sort of along the lines of Arrow-ish. Kinda. I know that's a, a bit of a weird connective thing, but you know, like, well, along the lines of Smallville, say. Mm. Well, it's essentially yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Arrow is to to the Green Arrow what Small Horse to Superman. Yes. And I think a Bruce Wayne story would be the same thing to Batman, yeah, obviously. We, that's exactly where I was sort of yeah. with that. And I think, I think do that. <coughs> the Justice League movie has just become bogged down in so much debate. I'd say fuck it off. Yeah, mm. I, it, it's, it's getting more and more complicated as the days yeah. go by as well, so, yeah... But uh, I'd, I'd like to see that, you know, bring it to bring it to television, you know. But as for the question, where do I see the future of genre shows being? Do I see it being on the TV? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Netflix and Love Film, they are actively commissioning new seasons now. Yep. Um, there's still a massive place on YouTube. If you look at Blood and Chrome, the Battlestar Galactica spin-off, that was yeah. a, a YouTube mm-hmm. series. We talked about Mortal Kombat Legacy. That's Again, that's uh, another a YouTube series. Yeah. Um, I think wow. the work that Geek and Sundry are doing with their various programmes, the tabletop, it's a half-hour show, um, for today's blog, or the flog, as she calls it, uh, look at the Nerdist channel, and they've got Celebrity Bowling, mm-hmm. and they've got their four points. The shows are increasingly becoming longer and longer. It looks like that the traditional view of a YouTube viewer, you know, a five-minute quick fix, you had to hold their attention for five minutes. It looks like that's shifting. It looks like there is a shift to, to longer programming on, on YouTube. Epic Meal Time, they're, they're Spending they... YouTube money on bacon. Yes. Those guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Epic Meal Time, they, they just started off doing it randomly just for... for can take the piss and now they're an absolute and actually that's a really good example of developing the YouTube format because they started off with their epic meal time where they would just create one epic meal and now they've shifted to Epic Chef which is a a cookery show it's a cookery challenge show so they'll have two they'll have two chefs in who have to 
create a meal based around a theme, and they'll get given a secret ingredient, much like you know, Ready Steady Cook with Ernestine Harriet. Um, and they'll get a briefcase of bacon what, and cook alcohol. Ernestine Harriet. A briefcase of bacon. <laughs> briefcase of bacon and a briefcase of alcohol. Yeah. I'll be like, you know, and they have the meal. bacon and the alcohol. I'll see you later. You win. <laughs> it is. It is basically it's Ready Steady Drink essentially. Awesome. Um, but it's done with the epic mealtime sort of drunken chef feeling and man ethos. versus food and beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's actually, and I, I really enjoy that show. I want to well. go on it. I want to go. But yeah, that's an example of someone embracing the YouTube format and seeing how it's changing and changing their show because they still do epic mealtime, mm-hmm. but they do epic chef at the same as time well. as yeah. well. I suppose it, it's the kind of thing that, that snowballs. You start off with one idea, and if it's received well enough, then you get the opportunity Expand to your do universe. more. Yeah, yeah, indeed, and that's that's kind of how it works. And it seems to be very much TV by popular approval, um, which works, in my opinion. You know, people watch it, therefore you make more. Yeah, <laughs> it it seems to me to be a wonderful way of doing it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of mileage there. It just, it, it, I'm just wondering how the kind of the standard TV infrastructure will fit into it. Whether we're going to see everything migrating online eventually, or whether there's still going to be the the standard TV packages in the house. I think it's a long way to go before everything's migrated online. I mean, we have three new shows starting this fall, which will fit the sci-fi genre, and which are being shown. On major network TV in the mm. States and that's obviously at S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's the two shows that Abrams are work- is working on yes. um, so one of them is essentially a procedural cop drama mm. set in the future where police officers are partnered up with a is it an android or a cyborg? Some sort of robot police partner and then the other one is uh, Search for the MacGuffin again <laughs> essentially it's, uh, it's to do with MacGuffin. a young girl that has potential to have Massive powers, and a man tasked with protecting her. Essentially, that's all the brief, as I know at the moment. That sounds kind of Buffy-esque. Yeah. After my big Abrams MacGuffin rant, I did go back and verify what I was talking about with with Alias, and I I wasn't going mad. There was a giant red squidgy MacGuffin in Alias because it was all about finding the inventions of a guy called Rambaldi. Yes. Uh, and he'd made various devices, yes. and one of them was this big, spinny, red, squidgy ball of death. Yes. And all the parts you have to get them right. Absolutely. Yeah, to make it the big red MacGuffin spin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turned out that that was only a small part of the overall oh, the, Doomsday MacGuffin. <laughs> yes. The bigger MacGuffin. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've got, we've got three shows coming up. We've got The Shield, and we've got Team MacGuffins from Abrams. So there's potentially a future there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is good, I think, because if you look at... Well, originally we had the BAFTAs, didn't we? Did you see any genre film get any acknowledgement of the BAFTAs? Uh, well, there, there were token nods. Uh, and again, I think, as we said last time, they're just primarily in technical categories. Yeah, yes. and even then they can miss them, right? Yeah. I mean, there's Life of Pi one visual effects didn't it yeah yeah and as as marvelous as that tiger was in life of pi the biggest and greatest use of visual effects this year as far as i'm concerned is animating the hulk yes and that was just an incredible use of special effects um dark knight rises avengers and prometheus were all in the same category for effects i think i'll just remember there being a very Plight smattering of applause in the background as Prometheus was read out. <laughs> tr- cheers for every other one in the category, and then Prometheus was just like, 
Yeah. That's fine. If you were there, you'd be snarling and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking boom! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. let's, let's not go there yeah, again. Yeah, let's not go back to Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> Still hurts. Don't send him back to the dark place, folks. <laughs> he doesn't like it there. But how about you, Aidy? I mean, we're talking about the future of genre shows and where do you think it's going to be? I, I think they're going to still try and uh, aim back at um, real-life stuff, you know, office-style things and, and courtroom dramas and things like that. They're still going to hammer that one to death. Instead uh, of taking a chance on anything. Yeah, on anything new and up-and-coming because it's a good, stable bread-maker, isn't it? So they're going to go, oh, people love this kind of stuff, let's get a new gossip girl out, let's get a new... Yeah suits going you know I think they're just going to keep hammering that one to death um, three flatmates fillet each other for 20 abs- minutes and yeah pretty much <laughs> you see I'm I'm not sure unless there is one specific yeah that's that's the, that's the key if there is one breakout hit the networks will be clamouring over themselves to find other scripts yeah. in that genre <clears throat> yes um, but they'll hammer out a load of Absolute shit. Just, in the meantime, to get on, yeah. just get on the bandwagon, and then they'll go back. And, oh, this didn't work. Let's let's scrap all this stuff. Yeah, and but that, go back to that, our. That's what I'm saying about the, the the standard uh, network way of doing things. That there will be that one breakout hit. Then the yeah. market will be absolutely flooded with yes. carbon copies of it to the point where they go, oh well, nobody's interested in that anymore, so we won't do it. And the original show that started it all gets canned, and we lose a good show. Indeed, which is why I'm much more in favour of this kind of independent show, independent shows on independent networks, then that way it doesn't fall foul of that unless the kind of networks go, oh, I smell a hit, let's go, quick find out what that is and jump on it and, and hire me somebody who worked on it. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> that That's problematic. So I don't know, uh, the, Then there's the other side of the coin as well, which we haven't touched on, which is the kind of crowdsourcing side of things with Kickstarter. Kickstarter campaigns, yeah. Yes. Because there's a load of TV shows coming out of that now. Because there's the Star Trek Renegades that we spoke yeah. about in the in the first one. Um, Absolutely. So th- that's. Uh, I think there's a brown coats unification yeah. has come out of that too, which is Firefly spin-off. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> but but that's the awesome thing about crowdsourcing. Yeah. And that's crowdsourcing done right. So, so crowdsourcing. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 there's. <laughs> There's a lot of new funding models and new ways of getting shows out there, and I, 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 I'm an optimist. I don't. I, I think that all these new ways of doing shows will take off and they will work. Inevitably, there will be some downsides to it. Whether it is the networks just carbon copying something that people have put a hell of a lot of effort and heart into, and then that devalues the original, I, I, I don't know. But I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that. There's room enough for all types of show out there that you know you can have channels and channels of your flatmates filleting each other and twenty minute comedies. You know what I mean? Yes. There's there's audiences for that kind of show, Um, and they're not necessarily the same audience that wants to watch genre shows. No. No. but I think the whole uh, that the, the rise of nerd culture and uh, and people interested in sci-fi and genre shows is only getting bigger at the moment. I mean, you only have to look at attendance of comic cons and things these days to see that they're becoming very much launch platforms for new films and TV shows. Yeah. It's not about just comics anymore. These are the places that they go to to aim it at the right people that yeah. they want yeah. to uh, watch. 
they, they want those people to watch their shows, so yeah. they yeah. aim it directly at them. Which Absolutely. Is, yeah, in fact, I right. think the London Super Comic Con is weekend after next, it's the 24th and 25th of February. And they announced the lineup of panels for that today, which is looking great, and I'll put the link in the blog description. Um, but they're showing Judge Minty, which mm. is a, I believe, is a fan made Judge Dredd spin off <laughs> film. And that's getting a screening at LSCC. So that's something pretty cool. Yeah. So if anyone's going to that, if you want to review it for us, let us know what it's like, because sadly we can't make that. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's, it's a case that. You know, the, the geeks have inherited the earth because you know we've <laughs> we've written a lot of the technology for the internet and you know we've we've given the platform for this and we have certain interests and they're very much shaping the way that we consume our shows and you know, it turns out the geeks actually earn quite a decent <laughs> living so <laughs> they're going to go oh actually they've got loads of money to spend on merchandise let's go to them <laughs> yes they'll yeah, spend yeah. several thousand pounds on a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I was spent 40 quid on one today. <laughs> I rest my case. 40 quid on the Hasbro Ultimate FX lightsaber. Is that the ones that you can actually bash in it, doesn't it? Uh, no. no. <laughs> um, but it's the one that yeah, has... Yeah, they're like 125 quid. Yeah, it's the one that has the, the the blade already fully extended and has the LEDs that light up along the blade and it's got, it's got all the sound effects and everything as well. And of course I went I went dark side. I've got the red, the red saber. So... If we're talking about that one show that comes along that the network suddenly gravitate towards and try and mass-produce, do we think that S.H.I.E.L.D. or the two Abrams pilots will be examples of those shows? You're never going to know, man. Uh, Until it comes out, really have no idea, can't predict it. I mean, it could be any of the shows that's out now that's only just had its first season. I mean, there's loads of stuff out there that I still haven't watched yet, like The Following. Uh, it's a new show with, um, is it Kevin Bacon and James Purefoy? No, I haven't seen that. Uh, a new TV show. Um, uh, that's apparently very, very good. I've not got around to watching it. So there's a, a ton of stuff that's come out now that, you, that I haven't seen that might be the next big thing. Because I, I, I keep seeing them talking about the following on Digital Spy and stuff, but I've never actually no, seen, I've never it. seen it. I've, I've not heard of it, to be fair. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, it's, it's either in the middle of or it's finished season one now. So. Okay. Have a look at that. Uh, apparently, the, the, most of the reviews of it, the people saw the pilot and then the kind of last 10 minutes of the pilot sets it up and they basically say it looks like it's going to be the most awesome series ever because of the last 10 minutes of the pilot. Okay. So, whatever they do then, it, it's apparently very, very good. So, oh, I don't know. But well, check it out. Eh? Yeah. I, I need to see it to find yeah. out. Uh, but I mean, there's been a hell of a lot of near misses in terms of shows in the last couple of years. I mean, uh, look at um, Terra Nova. That was a great concept that just fell flat. And the various Stargate spin-offs as well. Well, at Stargate Universe, it was a great idea. That. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic, but it only managed two seasons. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, has, has there been any show over the last few years that you think is like the way that genre or sci-fi shows should be? Yeah. Fringe. Fringe, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what we should have been talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely fringe. Fringe is well, it's perfect. Day with signed stuff. In well, there, what was it for you about Fringe that that made it such a good show? A couple of things. First and foremost, John Noble. No, the, the acting in it is second to none. Yeah, really and, and he is standout for me. But yes, as a whole, everyone in that show is great, and I especially loved Jessica, as he plays Astrid. And yes. I, I thought her development from the pilot to the finale 
was brilliant. Yeah. Maybe not so much in terms of her character, but in terms of her acting. You, you could really see her developing, possibly because a lot of her scenes were with John Nabel, so I'm imagining that they worked yeah. hard together. Yeah, no, they must have. But he made that show for me. Um, I really liked Seth Gable. I thought he was brilliant. I've got to be honest, I've got to give Joshua Jackson some props as Josh well. Josh Jackson, oh you yeah. Know, uh, if I can pacey word done well. Uh, <laughs> dude, uh, I was always a pacey fan in terms yeah. of Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. That's just because of my own prejudice against James Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> Have I told you about just that? Just because he stole your show. He stole my fame, man. He did. He's exactly the same, same age. age as me. March the 8th, 1977. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking stole my fame, man. I should have been Dawson. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's just I because, you had, a film a, director that's because that you had an imaginary love affair with Kate. <clears throat> with Katie Holmes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, that was, that was <laughs> no. Jerry, wasn't it? But, yeah, Josh Jackson, he's, he's, he's brilliant. But they all were. And it, was, and it was great. But I think it was, for me, it was... Perfect science fiction. It wasn't just the, the fantasy element, but it was the the way they portrayed the scientific process. Mm -hmm. For me, there was a gentleman called John Campbell who became the editor of Astounding Stories back in 1938, and Asimov hailed him as a key figure in science fiction. Because up until that point, it had been the golden era, so it was sort of like the pulp story, the, the rockets to the moon, to Mars, space exploration. But John Campbell studied at MIT, uh, he had a physics and engineering background and he wanted science fiction stories to have a realistic portrayal of scientists and scientific culture. I mean, you can have the massive extrapolations of computers and traps and rockets to the moon and bombs and all the monsters and stuff that we have in pulp science fiction, but so long as there was an importance sort of put onto the, the portrayal of the scientific culture and that sort of portrayal of science fiction, that understanding of it, that is what made Fringe perfect for me in terms of science fiction, and also Eureka. Eureka yeah. <clears throat> did science fiction incredibly well, and both those seasons did rebooting universes yes. remarkably well as well. And it's a shame that they got cancelled early. And what's even more of a shame is that the final seasons were only half seasons. Yeah, indeed, yeah. I, mean, I, I must admit, Eureka, I, I love what you're saying about the rebooting universes. I love that about Eureka, that they would literally hit a reset button at the end of one series and they'd stick with it and they wouldn't put it back again. It would just be, right, this is the reality now. Deal with it. And they would just go forwards. And I really love that about yeah. Eureka, the way that they... That they really stuck behind some very brave writing decisions. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the way they did that. And similarly with Fringe. Fringe. I think for, for me, the, the reason Fringe worked, um, it, I kind of draw a lot of parallels between that and the X-Files Yeah. in terms that it had a really good mythos behind it. It had its core idea about, you know, the Watchers and, and the alternate universes and, and stuff like that. And... It didn't oversell that. No, in fact, I think it undersold some of it. Because I think it undersold some of it, yeah. Similarly with the X-Files, I think they undersold it because if you actually put all the Mythos episodes of the X-Files together, you've probably got a season's worth, if that. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it is all... Monster of the Week. Monster yeah. of the Week or, or, or you know, just some so, extra So you'd have liked that lines. to have been expanded on a little bit more? Well, I, I, so I, I was quite happy yeah. with Fringe as, as to how it was. I think that they pitched it correctly, in my opinion. There was enough Mythos episodes to keep you interested. Yeah. Um, uh, and but then, not too much to to completely 
fucking decimate the plot line. Well, yeah, not not so much that you had to pay attention to the whole of every single episode yeah. and every second within it for it to make sense. Because I think sometimes shows like that run the risk of overfacing you with information and it's only... Again, it comes down to how we consume TV now that our attention span isn't... We sit and watch a 45-minute show once a week. Uh, it tends to be that you know, you'll know you stack up a couple of episodes and you'll sit and watch them in order, or yeah. you'll sit and watch a whole season of something, Absolutely. and so you'll see everything and how it links together. Um, so that, that kind of work shows can get away with being a bit more cerebral and putting a bit more information in them because we tend to sit and watch them in chunks yeah. now uh, and, and possibly you know, go back and re-watch some episodes to, to string them together because we, we, we have the ability to do that yeah. now, whereas previously it was on TV at a certain point every week and that was it. You had to be there in front of the TV at that time to watch it. So I think that... Fringe pitched it correctly, that it had the right amount of information, the right amount of Mythos episodes, and then enough kind of fun other things going on around it. And I think, admittedly, some of it was very gory and unpleasant, but I I still think a lot of it was fun. I think it was necessary, though. Because of the way that they always kept a good amount of dark humour in the show, especially with Walter and the the way that he dealt with a lot of the the, the kind of murders and experiments and so forth. He was brilliant, just very kind of off the cuff and thought, oh, that reminds me of fancy something to eat now after looking at an eviscerated corpse. That that was brilliant about the show. I I like the fact that, uh, as well, they gave the actors a lot of range when they brought in the alternate universe it it gave everyone a chance to play a very different version of their characters which i think is great because it allows you to take characters in a completely different direction to how you would normally be allowed to yeah i think it, it gave them a lot to work with i think i preferred for olivia yeah yeah she was a bit more kick-ass wasn't she, was. she? I preferred her. normal olivia tended to whine a lot <laughs> <laughs> apart from the last season I'd say in the last season, she kind of keeps um, Peter going, I think, in the last season, especially after... We'll, we'll, we'll try not to yeah. spoil her anything, just in case people haven't seen the end of the series oh, yet. i And that's a finale that I could get behind as well. Yeah, yeah it was a very, very good finale. finale. Um, there wasn't a dry eye when I was watching that. I'm not, <laughs> not afraid to admit that. I, was, I, I, I shed a tear. Blobbing like a little girl. I was this... <laughs> Not for the first time in that series, to be honest. There's been a couple of episodes which have got me going. Again, Making Angels. It's just the uh, conversation between Astrid and her alternate about their father. It's just like, that's a tearjerker every time. Yeah. There's uh, sort of John Noble could set me off with a look. He could go from being manic to so sad mm. in, in the space of a scene. Yeah, and that sort of talent. And I think it's very. They they've dealt with Walter's character very very well because they kind of took him on highs and lows throughout all the series that he would gain confidence and then he would have it all shattered and then yeah. he'd be put back to a state that he was. I think there's the one where he actually gets put back into the mental institution again in season one mm. after he'd been out for a couple of months and then yeah. it just it literally shatters him as yeah. a person again and. I, 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 it's brilliant the way that they, they dealt with those characters. And, and to bring him back in over like the next two, three seasons, yeah. really, it, it did take that long to, to yeah. come back. And I thought, wow, that's that, yeah, that did. Um, yeah. And then they break his heart again when Peter finds out that he's someone from the universe. Absolutely. And that led to another one of my all time favourite episodes, which is Brown Betty. Yeah. Where 
he ends up taking his own brand of LSD and reading the story. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's the whole film noir thing. Yes. That's a brilliant episode. Animated episodes again is like well, one of my favourite Eureka ones was the animated one where I think you got uh, Sheldon in to do the voice of the car and stuff. That was a genius episode of Eureka. Did that for the Christmas episode as well. Yeah, it was, it was a Christmas episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a brilliant one. So yeah, we probably won't see shows like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's just that's a sad state of affairs, seeing those sort of shows go. But, I mean, uh, uh, Fringe wasn't a sad one to see go because it, it told its story. I don't think it was... Incomplete. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it got pulled earlier than it should have. I think it told its story, and it told its story correctly. I think though even the people on it had some misgivings about how some things were handled in season four, and they could have been handled better. But, on the whole, I think everybody was happy with how it ended up. Yeah. I don't know. Was there, was there pressure for them to finish it, or was it cancelled, or...? Or, it have, was, or did they just say, that's it? I think it was uh, much like Eureka. I think it was a fan was movement, a, a a fan movement that gave it, the, gave it the finale it deserved, yeah. Because yeah. um, I think it was G to go after season four. Yeah. Which would have been a crying shame. It would have, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's good that they brought it back and finished it off. It, it could have gone worse. Yeah, absolutely. But if we go back... From there, back to S.H.I.E.L.D. and Abrams, those shows, whilst might, whilst certainly going to be genre shows, I don't think they're necessarily going to be science fiction shows in the same way that Fringe and Eureka were. No, I don't think no. they are, because uh, uh, from what I gather, the idea behind S.H.I.E.L.D. is that it's a procedural cop show, yeah. but set in the Marvel Universe, <clears throat> which is a, a great idea. But yeah, it, the problem is that it then has to fight out amongst all the established shows of its kind like Castle and The Mentalist and Oh well The Mentalist hasn't been picked up yet Has it not? No uh, The Mentalist, Mentalist is one of three shows that is that network could be dropping uh, I think is <coughs> CSI is the other one well, One, of the, one of the CSIs, CSIs is, is off, to be, off to be cut Yeah NCIS has been picked up NCIS again. is going has, for another one yes. Yes. Mark yeah. Harmon signed on for it yeah. again yeah. So, yeah. But I think Castle is going Castle's likely to get picked up Yeah um, I think the mentalist is it's at the stage where it's going to be a wait and see at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to have an influx of genre shows. So yeah, the, the, not necessarily are, science fiction. Yeah, this is, this is my name, but there are already a ton of crime procedurals yeah. around there. So I think it's a bit of a gamble to stick something like that in and make it work against some very tough competition because there are some very very good crime procedurals already yeah. on on TV. So. The, the acid test will be seeing uh, what day and time slot they get given. Very true. You know, yeah. But, well, to be fair, that, that I only don't think works it's going to thing because it's not going to matter to us what time slot it gets. Cause we'll just no, but it will it will sort of emphasise the, the faith that the network has in it. Yes. I mean, shows yes. are getting moved around all over the place. I mean, the one reason I think The Mentalist could go is it got dropped to a Sunday slot. Mm. Mentalist used to be the Thursday. He used to, be, used to have Mentalist yeah. and Big Bang Theory on the Thursday. Yeah. Um, and you'd have Supernatural on Friday, and that got pushed to a Wednesday slot. Yeah. And that's definitely been picked up for season nine, so we're okay with Supernatural. What was it? Oh, num- Numbers was the other one. Numbers has been... Numbers got no, that oh, dropped. No, 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 I know it got dropped, but as in, like, that was a, another one that got uh, yeah. cascaded yeah. around the days and time slots. And oh, yeah, out. I mean, that, that's what killed, like, Caprica and oh, um, yeah. Stargate Atlant- Stargate Universe. Universe. Yes. Was, you know, it, it time took, slot changes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with Caprica, it took them two years to show one season of ten episodes. Mm. You know, if that's not fucking around with a the show, then I don't know what is. I do think they're being more brutal in the states, though. To be honest with you, um, do no harm. Got pulled after two episodes. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a couple. There's another couple of seasons who's 
who have been pulled halfway through, mm. and there's been no no news on when they're going to get the rest of the season shown. Um, elementary's got picked up again though, which yes. is good. Yeah, awesome. Anything yeah. they cancel stuff like the Cape, and that was such a good show. <laughs> <laughs> the Cape was the Cape was awful. I'm sorry. The Cape yeah. was. I, I must admit, they didn't even terrible. give her a decent outfit to wear. <laughs> well, summer glow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the dodgy white bloody jumpsuit. <laughs> I was like, what was that? <laughs> I started watching that after episode three, to be honest. That, film was, that, that, that show was just <coughs> absolute gash. <laughs> and that was coming at a time where superheroes were de rigueur, so yeah. to speak, because yes. that was Alpha's <laughs> premiered at the same time. Yeah. No Ordinary Family. Yeah. With um, Mr. Chickless. Mr. Chickless, yeah, yeah. That's got canned. Yeah, oh yeah, that went, yeah. That got two seasons, I think, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then Alpha's got two seasons, that's gone. Mm. So yeah, superheroes no longer flavour of the month. Mm. Although, Cartoons we'll see what Shield, Shield is for that. Yeah, expect to see the cast of them turning up in Once Upon a Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. God. That's where they all go. Um, die, yeah. Unless you can get pulled into Castle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that would only be cameo. Spots. Yeah, you only get cameo spots. Well, again, no, so. there's there's a campaign to bring Adam Baldwin's character back. <laughs> <laughs> his his detective was awesome. <laughs> How far did Chuck run? How many seasons? Chuck ran for five Three. seasons, I think. Because was Adam Baldwin in all of those? Yeah. Yes. No, he wasn't in all of them. Yeah, he was. He didn't come in till halfway through season one. No, he was, no. He was in there from the start. He was in from the start. Yeah. yeah. Him and Yvonne. <coughs> Yvonne yes. Strakowski. Yes. I think that's yes. how I pronounce his surname. It's, it's very similar to that, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Zachary Levi. Mm. He instantly does brilliant things with the nerd machine. He's the reason I watch most of my Comic-Con stuff online. The nerd machine's brilliant. Um, they had Nathan Fillion panel at the SC Double C12. And they had Kevin Smith panel. They had a Felicity Day panel. Oh, brilliant. And they, they put it all online just to watch. It's amazing. So I get my Comic Con fix <laughs> until one one of these years. One of these years, I will get myself to San Diego yeah, for Comic Con. Until they invent matter teleportation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until <laughs> until that point, uh, the extensive hypnosis to get over a fear of flying. Um, That's fine. So we need matter teleportation, yeah. Yeah, and you know what we need to do in order to get that? Ask Jim Cameron. I see what you did there. Well played. Well played. And I liked it. <laughs> yeah. What Aston Cameron for the? Uh, <laughs> I, I took, went on his Twitter feed today. And I was going to start bombarding him with questions with the Ask Jim Cameron hashtag, but he hasn't been on since November, so I don't um, think it was worth it. <laughs> ask so, him where the MacGuffin is. <laughs> yeah, I might start doing that soon and just, just start sending him random messages. Constant tweets to JJ Abrams. Where's the MacGuffin? Where's the MacGuffin? <laughs> Have you found the MacGuffin yet? Oh, uh, oh dear. So, have you got a conclusion? Um, well, I think my, my, my thoughts on it are that I think you're going to find a lot more shit old shows being either rebooted or renewed on niche channels. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot more of an ups- upsurge in output coming from Kickstarter um, yeah. and potentially a lot of. Networks moving things online. I think is my my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more stuff coming online. Uh, um, like we said earlier, is with um, things like Netflix and Love Film, like commissioning their own series. 
that's that's definitely going to be a, an increase in the next few years. Interesting one that I'd forgotten about. I, I just read today as well that uh, Tesco's bought out a video on-demand service. Bring us back to where we started with Tesco's. Um, they uh, they bought out uh, a video on-demand service and they're opening that up to the the public. I think it's in sometime in spring uh, for Tesco club card holders for a free video on-demand service from Tesco's. So I've yet to see what that is. Apparently it's in beta with Tesco employees at the moment. But they're rolling out an on-demand, so Tesco's trying to take over the world of TV as well as everything else. I'm sure I've seen an advert for it. Possibly. I hadn't heard about it until today, and I just read something about it and thought it was interesting that Tesco's are trying to make the move into online TV as well as everything else that they do. I think we could could see more more and more of that, I think. Um, But yeah, I think I echo... Echo your conclusion. Um, I think there will be more content being rebooted on niche channels. Crowdfunding for particularly niche shows in particular. Um, And I think all it will take for the major networks is one format show that breaks the mould and captures everyone's attention. And then we'll see a flood of lesser shows trying to cash in on that. Um, But... I don't know when we're going to see a science fiction show the like of Fringe again. Uh, I don't know. And that it, kind of make, that kind of makes me sad. It, it makes me a bit sad, but to be fair, uh, I think with J.J. Abrams coming up with two new pilots, they could already be there, so we might not have long to wait. Indeed. This is true. This is true. Yeah, we just don't know, we what's, don't know what's, what's, what's in the background yeah. ready to... Um... Yeah. I, I think it's... For me, what's important now is that people feedback to networks and and people who produce shows about what they want to see that uh, we've seen now the power of the internet and the power of social media that people can say you know if enough people get together and go yes we want to see this that people will do it yeah and i think there needs to be more of that people need to come and say we actually want to see more of these shows because their voice hasn't been heard up until now and i think now we've got the opportunity to do that so get out there and tell people that you don't want to see shit on your TV and you want to see something decent. Absolutely. <laughs> My words exactly, Brent. So, look forward to the future. Absolutely. See what it brings us and maybe there'll be a, a nugget of gold in the fatness shit that we're going to be subjected to in the next year or two. What a lovely metaphor to end on. <laughs> I'll stop on Robert Love. through a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm a fucking poet. <laughs> okay, so that is all for this episode. Mm-hmm. I have been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And I've been 80. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. <laughs>